what we believe in. We believe in like a no secrets approach. We believe in sharing what we've learned to help other people grow. Mm-hmm. One of my big quotes, something that I say to a lot of people and as a tagline also is love, grow, share. It's like a reminder for myself and for our team that we should always be leading with love, growing with purpose and sharing our passion, sharing our spirit with others. That was better. That was better. I think it was because I was watching you eat sushi. I was a little jealous. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) We actually were sitting here. We got a podcast to do, which I've been late for. Ryan's been super polite, but is ready to start. I can see. Um, And so hi, everybody. I was on time. And you were on time. Of course. (laughs) Eating a sandwich. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Shop Talk podcast brought to you by 124GOM, your co-host, Chris Sulme, and as usual, sitting here with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. Looking very satisfied, by the way. You know, nothing like food to make everything better. It is the facts. Mm -hmm. It is the facts. And we have an awesome guest today. Ryan Whedon, welcome. Thank you. And thanks for being here with us. I just, you know... I'm sure you don't need an introduction, Um, actually, and I want to give a shout out because we reach out to our podcast guests on a relatively regular basis and we'll ask them for suggestions of people that we should have on. Leslie Frank, who is a hairstylist in Georgia, hit us back with a a couple of names. We reached out to both of them. So Misty, actually, that we just yes. had on the Misty, the money coach. She was awesome. She was great. And she suggested this guy, Ryan Whedon. And, you know, obviously you've built an enormous name for yourself and brand for yourself in the industry. Masters of Balayage, you're the founder and CEO of that. I'm guessing the same title, founder and CEO of balayageonline.com. Mm-hmm, correct. Um, yep. And that's the, that's the learning website. You've got now a podcast that you just launched, The Hairpreneur Show. You're developing your own brand, ryanweeden.com. And also you have an enormous YouTube presence as well. So people can go and find and see you and listen to you on YouTube. I've, I did both, by the way, on my drive up from Tampa today. I, 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 I checked <laughs> you, you out on YouTube. YouTube videos while you were driving. I was watching YouTube, but I had one eye on the road. <laughs> hey, it's multitasking. You <laughs> exactly, do exactly. I don't want to hold this up any more than I already have. There's a million ways we can go with this conversation. We have a lot of questions that we want to ask you. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a lot of wisdom that I've heard you share already just through diving into your content a little bit. So, mm-hmm. John, why don't you take us out here? Man, there's so much here. I'm very excited. The first thing I want to know is, and we ask this question of everybody because I think it's the thing that pulls us all together as stylists. How did this happen to you? How did this industry um, call your name? Why did you choose this career? Tell us, give us the back end. They were hiring? No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because if you look at my history, hair was never really part of me. I was never really drawn to the beauty industry. I was very far from it. I was very athletic when I was a kid. I was searching for purpose, for meaning for years and years and years, basically following the path of where my parents would tell me to go. And I, as much as I liked doing the sports and everything, I really didn't know what I wanted to do back in the eighties and nineties. Your path was either to become a doctor, an engineer, mm-hmm. anything but an entrepreneur, you know, because being an entrepreneur was one of those professions that people would look at and say, oh, okay, well, after you try that, when are you going to get a real job? 
because there just weren't that many successful entrepreneurs. There was a handful, but it right. wasn't a path that people looked at to, to, to push their, their kids toward or themselves toward. And hair was one of those areas where I, I stumbled upon it, really. I was an actor in New York for a couple of years pretty terrible actor, couldn't dance, couldn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, okay, maybe I'm not going to get my big break from doing hair. And then I was there during September 11th and saw the towers collapse with my own eyes. And that was pretty dramatic. And that at that point, I really started to think about my life and what I really wanted to do that I want to stay and pursue something that probably wasn't going to happen. And I decided, no, I wasn't so passionate about acting. I knew I wanted to be in front of the camera, which is funny that I'm here now because I found it in another way. Mm -hmm. But I decided that New York was not the place for me. Being an actor wasn't the place for me. That's when I decided to rethink my life. And I moved back to well, a short stop in Vegas for about six months where my parents were living at the time. And they were just kind of, I was broke. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Can I come live with you until I figure things out? Sure. Once I left Vegas, I went back to school. And I had already graduated from the University of California in Santa Barbara. Then I went to be an actor. And then, so I decided, let me go, just go back to school. Maybe I'll try to take some more science classes, go in a different direction because originally I was a dramatic arts major. So that's not really going to get me many jobs. Mm -hmm. I figured maybe I'd go back the science route because it's still, well, I can still be a physical therapist or something like that. Wasn't really passionate about it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Going back to school, I met a girl who I started dating and her mom was a hairstylist and she was a little bit older, she started doing hair in I think her mid thirties. And she came to me one day and she saw me struggling. She saw me looking around and she said, Hey Ryan, have you ever thought about doing hair? And I said, no, <laughs> yeah. she said, I think you could be really good at it. It's a skill that you could pick up. There's a lot of opportunity there and there's a lot of opportunity for straight males. <laughs> That's what she said. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, whatever, I'm going to try it. I'm one of those people that I'll try everything once or sometimes twice. And if it doesn't work, then I'll move on to something else. So I wasn't really focused on anything else at the time. And I decided why not give beauty school a try. So I went to beauty school, showed up on my first day, I was one of two guys in the new class. Hmm. So then during those first few months of the training, I really enjoyed it. I liked this new skill. And I as a person have always liked to learn new things. Some things I learn and I realize it's not for me. Some things I learn, I'm like, wow, I could really enjoy this and find some passion in it. So I've started to find a passion in the business of it as, as well as the technical part of it as well. And, and I, I've always been creative too. I feel like I have a good mix of both creative sense and a business sense, you know, more creative, but right brain, left brain, mm -hmm. somewhat equal. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's been a beneficial to me as well. So I started doing hair there and graduated hair school with passion and vigor and hit the ground running. What was the part you fell in love with? Cause you talked about passion. Mm -hmm. What's the part that brought the passion out for you? I really liked the fact that I was enjoying every moment of it. I was enjoying cutting hair. I was enjoying blow drying. I was enjoying creating these looks that I didn't think I could do. And I enjoyed the, the happiness that I would give somebody sitting in my chair. Mm -hmm. All over, all over I, I've been in every kind of work environment over the years from the service industry to corporate world. And I've never been in a business where it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the stylists who are making money doing what they love and enjoying that moment to help mm -hmm. 
beautify somebody and then your client, they turn around, they hug you, you're their hero that day. Mm -hmm. It's a total win-win business. And I just found so much joy and happiness through that. When we heard of you a year ago-ish, and you came across the radar. You you had obviously started to build this, you know, enormous brand. You've been out there teaching people. You know, fast forwarding a few years through your journey, did you? How long did you work behind the chair before this education piece started to to dust across your radar? It, it's you know, it's it. And the reason why I'm I'm interested. The reason why this question is stewing in my head is John and I were kind of talking. Um, about a warm-up conversation. And what, what I find so intriguing is there's this, um, in, in, the hair in the hairdressing world, in salons, <clears throat> there's a lot of really talented hairdressers. Downstairs uh, of the building we're sitting above, there's a lot of really talented hairdressers. And many of them have a, a skill, a knack for teaching. Many of them, I think, maybe even have a desire to teach. But there's this thing that I, I wrestle with it, with people that I, I'm calling like permission. Everybody feels like they need to get a rite of passage, a permission slip from somebody out there that says, you're a certified this, or you should be able to do that. And I'm super intrigued with the name Masters of Balayage because I think it's ballsy. And I, <laughs> I, I also think it's awesome in the way that you were like masters, you know, masters of balayage. And so um, for, the, for the confident, you know, or for that, that hard-hitting stylist that's been behind the chair, that's been wanting to, you know, spread their wings and do some things and share their gifts, talk about that transition, that journey, you know, how did you step into that space? That's a good question. When I went to my first hair show at the ISSE show in Long Beach, probably the first year of doing hair because I just left school, got a job, super pumped to just learn whatever I could saw the stage performers and being somebody that always wanted to be in front of people and feel comfortable in front of people, whether I was entertaining or educating, I said, one day I'm going to be on that stage. I want to be on that stage and I want to find a way to get there. I had always kept that in the back of my mind. I knew that I wasn't anywhere near ready for that because I was at the beginning of building my craft and I had a lot to learn. So I practiced, I found as much education as I could to start to build up my skills to be really comfortable to do that. The tricky thing is, is that there's not a lot of opportunities for that unless you start to uh, wait, for, unless you wait for a brand or somebody to, you said, give permission. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't want to wait for that. And um, I realized leading up to, let's just say there was a, I was <laughs> dating somebody else during the 2004 to 2000 and seven, well, not quite not that long. Um, but I was working for Tony and Guy at this point in Texas, and they've just got this incredible training program. I was feeling a lot more confident in my cutting, and I wasn't doing actually color at all. And I was thinking, well, maybe I can start to be on stage for them. That would be awesome. But then I just wasn't making a lot of money. I wasn't, I was losing my passion. I was losing my drive. I was making, I don't know, $25,000, $30,000 a year, and I was working my ass off. And um, I, I didn't know what to do. And I was dating this girl who at one point said to me, she's like, you know what, Ryan, being a hairstylist just isn't good enough for me. And I, honestly, I believed her as, as hard as that was to hear. And as much as I 
you know, looked back on that now and, and can kind of laugh and smile. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was I was hurt by that, but I believed her, and I ended up quitting doing hair. I didn't see a future for it, so I ended up quitting hair, and eventually ended up quitting that relationship as well because it just was not a healthy relationship. Uh, but then I went back into the corporate world, and I went back into trying all these other things because I was just done with hair. But then, to make a long story short, I found my way back into hair with a new open mind, a new new focus. And that focus was, okay, I got to hit the ground running. And you know what? If I want to be on stage, I'm going to be on stage. If I want to grow a big business in hair, I know I can do it. I know I can monetize my passion because I have a newfound purpose with it. I'm going to prove to the naysayers of the world that you can be something great in the hair business. Once I started to gain traction and start to make more money monthly and starting to build up a full clientele, that money was coming in. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to reach out to some big brands and say, I want to teach for you. I want to be on your stage. So I reached out to all the big brands. And of course I got the same response from a lot of them saying, we love your excitement. We love your eagerness. This is the best way to start. You become like an affiliate or an ambassador. You take our training programs for three years and then you work your way up through all this red tape. And then eventually, you know, 10, 15 years from now, you might have a chance to be on stage. And you know what I'm like? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm like in my 30s now. I'm like, I'm not waiting for that. So I decided to just build my own stage. And mm-hmm. I've always been somebody that's been a self starter, a little impatient. And I listen to Gary Fee all the time. He's always like, patience, patience. I'm like, yeah, yeah we love Gary. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's got a lot of good stuff to say. But the whole patience thing, I understand the patience thing, but I'm like, I don't really have a lot of patience. If like, if nobody's giving me that opportunity, if nobody's giving me that, that door to walk through, I'm going to build my own door and walk through it. I'm going to create my own stage yeah. and put myself on it. And that's what I started to do. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start teaching. That was the path I wanted to go. I started to come up with a name and I'm thinking, what would be a good name for a company? Something that would be inspiring to myself and to everybody else. And that's when I came up with Masters of Balayage. And I was thinking, wow, that's a, it is a bold name. <laughs> and I'm going to basically be calling myself a, a self-proclaimed master of balayage. <laughs> like right. I better start working my butt off to make sure that I live up to my own title. And just by actually thinking bigger than myself and by putting that pressure on myself to be the best or to be one of the top tier people in balayage, I really worked even harder than I was working to hone in my skills and make sure that I was ready for, for those, those first classes. Mm-hmm. So that's how I really started to go about creating masters of balayage. And from that point, started to create a team about a year, year and a half later, but taught myself as the sole master of balayage for about a year and a half. You know, um, getting back to the Gary V part, because um, Chris is right. We're big fans. I think there's a difference. And I think this is where yeah. it goes for you. Yeah. There's a difference between being patient and being complacent and yeah. waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think those are two different things. 100%. Uh, and I loved how you just decided, you know, I may be impatient, but I'm going to, I'm going to create my own stage because I don't want to wait for someone else to do it for me. Right. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, you're putting in the work right. whilst, you know, I mean, look, you took a big action. You, 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 you know, put yourself out there to these brands and kind of realize like, okay, they're going to give me the same canned answer. And then you took an action, you know, you were mm-hmm. like, I'm going to create a brand, which is what, you know, your podcast name being hairpreneur, you know, that's what I always think of it. Like I I kind of think in this regard where Mm -hmm. I create my own job, I don't Mm -hmm. ever worry about a job being there. 
I'm super not interested in what you think I can do. Right. I'm, I'm interested in like, what do I want to be doing and then create that thing. And that I love the philosophy around that because with the name and I was, I was listening to you, is the book that you're reading on your podcast, is that, did you write that book? Of the, how to make six figures in a slum Yeah, suite, yeah, yeah. That one? Yeah, I wrote that one. Okay, great. So you, so as you were reading that along, you know, I mean, the reality is, is every hairstylist at their own chair has to make that thing happen. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the audio that I was just listening to was about your, um, you know, to, uh, pulling in your 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 dream client, your target client, mm -hmm. and you know what you were invoking was basically critical thinking of a hairstylist to to say to themselves, you know, what is my, um, and we I think we have to you know at some point take the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and you know sort of make that decision. I want to ask you a question: Do you get mm -hmm. folks now who reach out to you and say, "I want to be part. I want to educate for you"? Oh yeah. Lots of times, right? And what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, because we had so many people reaching out to us yeah. over the last couple of years, we were thinking about, okay, how do we find educators? How do we start to grow educators now? Mm -hmm. And now <laughs> we're starting to have like our own red tape because we need to, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is, which is funny, but you know what, if they want to teach and they can go create their own company like I did, which is right. totally cool. Yeah. And then maybe we'll meet in the future. But right now we have our mob ambassadors and you have to start absorbing our culture, learning our culture. Mm -hmm. So it's when I look at these big brands that had said this to me initially, I, I get it. Like I understand that you have to make sure that people understand your culture before you set them loose to the world. Are you still doing hair behind the chair? I'm not, no. Okay. I the stopped I, about a year and a half ago. The reason I ask is I think for people who are listening, you know, you start this company, Masters of Balayage, mm -hmm. right? You wrote a book, um, you got a podcast, um, <laughs> you got a family? Yes, I got two kids. Actually, you just have one that just turned two and one that just turned about a, a little over a month. They're exactly a month apart, two years and a month. Congratulations. Or what is it? A year and whatever that is. I can't do math. We're hairstylists. Your, your wife will let you know later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is her birthday tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I think for a lot of people, they would think, man, that's a lot. I don't know I can do all that. Um, I don't agree, but tell the listener on the other end of this, of this podcast. No, there's a lot. You can do a lot more than you think you can, right? You can do a lot more than you think you can. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. But tell, and I think but tell me, me how, tell me why, tell me why you say that. Cause uh, some people aren't going to believe you. Right? I've been one of those people that have always had my plate full with projects and it's not always a good thing. I'll say that because it, it's mm -hmm. really hard mentally to stay focused on everything. And it does impact family and relationships, because if I'm so focused on this, that, and the other, it's impossible to shut off everything that's going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. What I've done recently over the past year and COVID actually helped me to refocus my priorities mm -hmm. is to stop trying to do everything instead, keep doing what's working, of course, but usually at that point you have momentum and mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to keep certain things going. Like my online training, masters of balayage, those things already have momentum. So it's not like I'm starting from scratch, going from zero to 60, mm -hmm. from 60 to 120, you can get there a lot faster. What I'm doing now and I'm really focusing on is one thing at a time. So each quarter I'm focusing on one new thing, one new big project. And of course now this fourth quarter is all about the past. And if I just put my focus on one thing, keep the other things mm -hmm. going, but start to delegate other projects that are already moving forward that aren't going to require so much attention, then at the end of the right. day, I can start to walk away with more of a clear head 
and, and less needing of as much wine as I used to take <laughs> drink after work. Right. So, so can, for a person trying to figure out how this works, it's I create an idea, I get it going. Once it starts moving down the tracks, kind of like a train moving down the tracks, then it's like, okay, I hand this off to somebody else. And then that allows you to go on to the next idea, get that rolling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And I try to stay forward focused and okay, what's the next thing that's going to help me to reach more people to push my business forward. It's not just like I'm picking something at random. Mm -hmm. I'm picking things that I think are going to be the future. And I think podcasting, obviously, you know, you guys know is, yeah. is something that more and more people are getting into and the power of being in something early by being an early adopter, you, you can't ever get that opportunity back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just like if you were an early adopter of Instagram, you've seen sure. massive growth, right? Podcasting oh, is the same thing. We're still very early in podcasting, even though yeah. you guys have been doing it for two years, but you guys have a big leg up on everybody that's just jumping on now. Well, I'm thinking about it. It's like, how in the world could you possibly get, you know, a 2 million um, follower Instagram now? You know, it's so much harder now than it was mm -hmm. five years ago. Right. Um, I, I want to turn the topic a little bit because I'm, I'm super surprised, like dry, uh, Ryan just uh, dropped one of your favorite words and you just you just you you just let it slide right by. Well, you know, I just assume <laughs> everybody knows at this point. Is it a curse word? Um, no. Well, it, it, no it, curse. It, it's the C word yeah. and it's it's culture. The other thing that kind of comes to mind with me when I think of the you that I know that I just, you know, I'm meeting now mm -hmm is you know building a brand branding and the and the misunderstanding i feel like in the salon industry that we um most salons and even stylists still have with branding themselves the power in it and kind of what it takes to do that the focus i'm curious as you've built this brand that you know i think is globally known it, it, that's that's my that's my guess mm. right what have you learned growing one brand and now multiple brands that maybe salon owners slash you know stylists independent stylists should keep in mind should know should focus on when you know growing their own brand i would say taking risks taking calculated risks but, but putting yourself in uncomfortable situations that you know are going to benefit you or your business and brand in the long term. The more you get uncomfortable, the easier it's going to be. If you want to be in front of people, if you want to be on video, you're not going to be good from the start. You're not going to be good 10 episodes from then. It's like you got to practice over and over and over again, but stay true to if this is something you really want to do, get started now. Don't wait for that perfect day, that perfect time, that perfect shot of inspiration and motivation because for the amount of times you're motivated, you're going to have a hundred times, a hundred days more than that, that are, that you don't want to do anything, but you need to build that habit of consistency. So get started right away. Get started yesterday on those big projects, start taking a step forward and mm -hmm. consistently build a habit of pushing toward that. Even if it's just one little baby step at a time. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, to add on or to make this a two part question, you know, I think of a brand as a, a lot of different things, but like the consistent actions that you take that people recognize and realize, like once I've seen you in multiple places, I get this idea of what I think Ryan Whedon is, mm -hmm. the service that he offers or, or the thing that he, you know, is an expert in or shares. Culture is similar, right? It's like getting a team of people mm -hmm. to 
buy into that set of ideas, maybe agree to it, work towards that ideal. What are some important things that you've learned as you're growing your team, team culture? I think that's always a challenge, especially when you're building a brand bigger and bigger and bigger. As we've grown and continue to grow even bigger in the last year and a half, we've seen a lot of growth. It's been, it's been tricky, but we've started to try to stay focused on what we believe in. We believe in like a no secrets approach. We believe in sharing what we've learned to help other people grow. Mm-hmm. One of my big quotes, something that I say to a lot of people and as a tagline also is love, grow, share. It's like a reminder for myself and for our team that we should always be leading with love, growing with purpose and sharing our passion, sharing our spirit with others so that to help them grow. And if we stay focused on making sure that we're always delivering value in a very accepting, comfortable experience, you can't go wrong. We want to make sure that we don't, don't give them everything that we have to offer. Mm-hmm. Love that. You know, it's funny that you brought up what you just did because we could probably spend a whole nother podcast on this, but I love the connection you made between culture and branding, uh-huh. right? Because for someone who's, you know, for our culture, there's an expectation when you walk in the room of this is how we are. This is what expected of your behavior wise. This is how we dress. This is how we talk. I mean, it comes, it's a package, right? Mm-hmm. And with branding, you're basically doing the same thing. You're almost creating a, a separate culture, but it's, this is what I expect from Ryan. This is what I'm going to learn. This is how it's going to be. Um, these are the values that they they live up to. And, and I love how you made that connection between culture and branding. Yeah. So I love that. Awesome. Yeah, we're selling, yes. we're not really selling a product. We're selling an experience. Yeah. They call it the kind of like TEDx, MobX, the mob experience. Sure. That's what we want to sell. We know that people are going to learn great things from it. Yeah. But we also want to make sure that they're emotionally invested and emotionally enjoying it as well. Because mm-hmm. if you are emotionally tied to your training, mm-hmm. you're going to remember it a lot more mm-hmm. and you're going to share it a lot more and you're going to benefit from it a lot more. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did is I spent a little bit of time, I think I told you in our pre-call, I spent a little bit of time searching uh, or surfing your Instagram, right? Which I loved, by the way. Perfect. And one of the things that I think I see, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I see you spending some time going into personal development training, meaning mm-hmm. your company is known as the Masters of Balayage, right? And love mm-hmm. that. That's a technical skill, right? It looks like to me that with your podcast, and the other things I see in your Instagram post, you're moving more toward personal development, or maybe that's just your next quarterly big idea you were talking about, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, why that road? Because I'm very passionate about that. It's something I've been trying to work on personally for decades now. I've been a fan and a follower of Tony Robbins from a very early age, from my teens, read, read all of his books, to Brendan Burchard, to mm-hmm. so many different high performance coaches trying to make myself the best version of myself. And it is Mm -hmm. challenging. It is hard to walk by a plate of chocolate chip cookies for me and and pass them because I'm trying to work on my my fitness or something or having that beer at the end of the day because I'm working towards something or staying consistent. It's a, it's, I'm not a machine. I'm not a robot. And I think I want to also use that in to help other people to say, you don't have to be, this superhuman person to be very successful, mm-hmm. but you can still find joy. You can, you can have all this richness and create the life that you want, create a life of less stress, mm-hmm. more financial freedom. And, and I really want to help to impart that as much as I can. 
So that this is always a, a road I wanted to go down. One of the thing, one of the episodes you had, I think it was episode seventeen that I just scanned mm-hmm. before we joined this call, um, was you called it your internal GPS. And part of that conversation, which I really love because I think you were expressing a vulnerability there, which I thought was awesome, was you talked about reacting uh, out of anger. And, and maybe you didn't say anger, yeah, right? right. Uh, but um, reacting emotionally and not always in a positive manner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was great that you would spend some time thinking about that. You know, you kind of owned it and said, you know what, I need to get better at that. Um, and then, of course, um, you spend some more time digging deeper on that. You know, I'm going to be silly. What does it have to do with hair, right? Uh, <laughs> if I'm somebody who's coming from Masters of Balayage and coming over to the personal development stage. How do, what does it have to do with a hairstylist? I think it has everything to do with a hairstylist or anybody that owns their own business. Anybody in life, really, that is trying to become the best version of themselves or a, just a better version of themselves. Everybody's talking about your best self, your best self. Well, we don't know what our best self is. And I've always shied away from the word perfect perfectionism because it's unattainable and i feel like our best self is unattainable because that's perfect we're never going to be perfect so if we can be better and better and better that's what we should be striving for Mm -hmm. i think you could be the best hairstylist in the world you could be the best balayager in the world but if you don't have the right mindset if you don't have the right skills to show the world that you are the best balayager in the world you're never going to be successful. Nobody's ever going to know about you or even want to listen to you if you're a jerk, if you don't have a positive mindset. I feel like that people need to work internally to make sure they love themselves so they can spread more love to the world. And by doing that, more people will know them, like them, and trust them. Awesome. Uh, Ryan, one of the things I learned from your, your Instagram is you have these six business pillars, mm-hmm. right? And, right? and I love those. And I realized that's a whole nother class. That's probably mm-hmm. a part of your book. And you know what, we can do some online training on that. But let's just kind of do a surface level review. You, what are those six business pillars? Sure. Well, we've got the six, I call them the six building blocks of success. Blocks. And Thank you. where you need you think about it in a pyramid, where you need to start with your foundation. And for any successful brand or business, you need to start with vision. You need to have vision. You need to know where you're going. You need to have, it doesn't have to be completely specific, but you need to start to gain clarity on where you want your life to end up, what you want out of your life. And there's a bunch of exercises that you can do to try to figure that out, but you need to figure out where you're going. So you have that GPS, you Mm -hmm. get in your car. If you just start driving, you're never going to get to your destination because you don't have a destination. You're going to be driving around aimlessly for forever. If you have a destination, you plug it in, just like I said, your personal GPS, and that is part of your vision. You, you plug it into your brain. You start to think about it. You daydream about it you, because it's emotionally meaningful to you. Then you can start moving in that direction. No matter where you, you go, if you take a left, take a right, you're still eventually going to correct the course and start to move forward back to that vision. But then you also need to know why you want to be successful. And it's got to be more than just like, I just want to make a lot of money, right? I just want to drive a Ferrari because you're not going to find happiness with money. And it is funny to, to say that because money does solve a lot of problems. It solves most problems in life, but it does not give you happiness. And I've learned that firsthand that you really need to focus on those things that are meaningful to you at the core, you know, your self love, your, family and whatever is meaningful to each individual person. So you need to start with your vision. That's the foundation. Without that, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough ride, I think. 
the next tier is branding. You need to start building your brand right away. Once you have a clearer vision, you need to start you need to start putting that vision into a message and that message is going to be what you send out to the world. Whether it's, we think about branding as like colors and logos. Yes, that's important, but we need to think more about like, what is our message to the world? How are we going to give value to the world? And it's got to be non-self-serving. It, it, of course, we're all doing what's in our own best interest for what we want in, to achieve in life, but we need to think, what is our message to the world? How are we going to start to create a brand experience to attract people to us. And that is branding. That's the next tier. Start working on that right away. Once you have the branding tier in place, you move into the business aspect. You need to start developing your business. It's hard to develop a business and then a brand. You can, and you can do these steps a lot of times all at the same time as you're working toward it. But I think you still need to spend some time to try to get clear on each step in succession. Because some people already have businesses. And then what do you, mm -hmm. if somebody's listening to this, they're going to be like, well, well, I screwed up. I didn't start with vision. Then you go back and you start to get clear and then you start to get more clarity on right. your branding. And then it's like, wow, the floodgates open to the possibility and the potential of, of people that you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. And that's in the branding. And then you get to the business and the business is like, okay, that's the nuts and bolts. How am I going to make money doing what I love? They, they see that I am a professional and that they are, uh, my business comes across as something that they want to work with, something that they want to, if your hairstylist, they want to sit in my chair. Finding out the different hows, because there's so many different hows. Once, right. you're, once you know why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going, it's the ready fire aim approach. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of the most successful methods to, to really create a big business. And mm -hmm. for those that might not know what the ready fire aim is, they might think ready aim fire, where mm -hmm. sometimes you just never actually fire. You're, you're spending too much so time focused yeah. on like, okay, well, my business plan isn't up to par. And this is, I'm like, I've never had a business plan. I've never wasted my time because in this world of technology and entrepreneurialism, you can, you can just crush business plan numbers and out of the water. It's impossible mm -hmm. to predict where, where your life can really go. I mean, it is important sometimes, but I mean, I don't know. I've never had a business plan, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, ready, fire, aim you just try everything and what's working you put more focus on it what's not you lose it and then after that after the business after the nuts and bolts you get back and you start the, the next tier is social that's when you start really focusing on interaction on not just social media but actually being social in real life we need to support our brands in real life like we do on social media when somebody sits in our chair we need to have that same excitement that we put forth on our instagram it's still a very extroverted business that we are living in and working in. And I feel like so many stylists get caught up in the social media game that they're actually trying to impress other hairstylists instead of trying to get clients in their chair. And yeah. that's not the focus. If you're trying to fill up your books, you don't need to impress other hairstylists. If you want to make a lot of money and have a lot of fun in the hair business, you need to attract clients. And then once those clients actually get into your chair, you mm -hmm. need to be social because you don't have to be the best at what you do to get clients coming back. We've all heard stories about somebody that goes to a hairdresser. Yeah, she doesn't give the greatest cuts, but she, right. she's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll go to you for years and years right. and years because they have a relationship. So you got to, the social aspect is about building relationships both online and in real life because I need to have all of these other things in line 
the branding, the business and the vision before I worry about all of that. And of course, I'm not going to wait until I have all of that, those previous tiers in line before I start being nice to people behind the chair. (laughs) But at that point, that's what I'm going to start to even be more uh, focused on creating that perfect Ryan experience or the Mm -hmm. Mob X experience, both online and in real life in the salon. Okay. So then after the social piece, the social tier, the next one is marketing. And that's when you start to think about your target market, who you are trying to reach your ideal client avatar, as a lot of marketers call it. What is the person that I'm trying to reach for me being a balayage uh, expert? I wanted to reach people that wanted balayage. I wanted to reach clients that wanted to sit in my chair for balayage because I know that I'm going to get other things. They're going to want their haircut. Some mm-hmm. are going to want highlights and not balayage, but I wanted to surround myself with what I love to do the most, what I'm best at. And that way I can always be putting my best foot forward as opposed to just worrying about, okay, so-and-so is going to sit in my chair. She wants a perm. I hate perms, but I need the money. Uh, so-and-so wants a cut with curly hair. I don't do curly hair, well, I guess, but I need the money. As opposed to just being like, I got another balayage. I can't wait to do this. Or so-and-so is coming back for a balayage retouch. Let's do something a little bit different with her. And you're just more excited about the day when you have your ideal client sitting in front of you. And for me, the ideal client was somebody that wanted balayage, loved what I did, paid money for it, and and is similar to me in, in mindset and positive uh, outlook and people that are just, I wanted to surround myself with in my mm-hmm. business. And then we get to the top of the pyramid, which is customer experience. That's the icing on the cake. Once you have all of the other five building blocks in place, this is easy. The customer experience is like, okay, from start to finish, from first contact to saying goodbye to them, or even if it's a follow-up email, that is what is the icing on the cake. That's what's going to keep them coming back and back and back and back for years and years. I, I love, I love the follow-up piece mm-hmm. and I love, you know, I love that you just mentioned two, two things. I love the social piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that there's a part of our business that is by default extroverted at some point, you know, I've got a guest in my chair and we're there mm-hmm. and we're going to have a conversation about your hair right? or we're not. And I'm going to struggle. Right. Grow, you know, growing a clientele. And then complain about it later about how much of a jerk the client was. Totally. Because for some reason they couldn't read your right. mind. Right, like, right. They couldn't read your mind. They didn't uh-huh. come back. Right. And, you know, we, we at, so in the school, um, CUNE Academy by 124, that, you know, we, we see kids coming in now and we talk a lot about the fact that um, there's generational differences mm-hmm. everywhere. We don't name names anymore. We're done with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we mm-hmm. you know, because we think it's all, that you know, we all bring our own fears to the table, and one of the biggest fears that's that's coming out now is this fear of communicating mm-hmm. with people in the social environment. And um, I love I love what you just shared because it's like, whatever you are, mm-hmm. you know, bring your biggest self to that thing. I'm I'm putting words in your mouth now, mm-hmm, but sure. but you know, like like there is a part of this where you're going to be face to face with a person. You mm-hmm. can't hide behind your Instagram mm-hmm. and and if your Instagram looks like you're the masters of balayage and your skill set isn't there yet, yeah, you're going to run into some problems, mm-hmm. you know, right. as far as when somebody sits in your chair, their level mm-hmm. of expectation. So um, that being able to just look, feel and sound confident behind the chair 
mm-hmm. in a conversation with a person, you know, and getting social there. And then um, what was the last, the top of the pyramid again? Marketing. The, the customer experience. Oh, the, uh, the customer experience yeah. piece, you know, it rolls right into that. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. like the, 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 what I'm, what I'm loving about this conversation is, you know, that you've got an enormous following on social media, you know, and yet nowhere in this piece, have you harped on Instagram? Have you said it's, you know, your savior? We haven't, we haven't right. heard the word algorithm, you know, none of those things, right? It's like right. none of those things. What, what you said to me that I heard was if whatever your business is, now we're talking about hairstylists, mm-hmm. or at least I am, um, share your message out wherever you're sharing it, right? Mm-hmm. So through your social page, like have a message that you stand for and share it out. And then eventually you attract that person to you. You attract that um, you know, thing, if you're the curly haired specialist, mm-hmm. if you're the short haired mm-hmm. specialist, like put that out and keep putting it out. We run into a lot of people that have a lot of fear around putting themselves out there. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm always amazed by it with the students because they're so. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a couple of interesting things I want to touch base yeah. on because, and tell me how you feel about these. Mm-hmm. You know, one is I had a conversation with a stylist yesterday. All she wants to do is extensions. It's all she wants right. to do. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do extensions. And she's 90% there. And it was funny because she said, the thing that irritates me the most is when I see a lone haircut uh, on the appointment book. It's like this Mm -hmm. 45 minutes that I can't do anything with, Mm. right? Um, But she's done the work. She's done beautiful work. She's learned how to, you know, she's learned from different people. She puts it out on social. You know, her work's meticulous. Her Instagram work is beautiful. And she's created that life for herself where at this point, Probably 90% of the work that she does is all extensions. Balayage and extensions. Balayage too, because it needs to be colored, right? And so she loves that. She loves being able to do the extensions, color it, do the extensions, color it. The haircut for her is like, oh yeah, I got to do that too. Uh, But that's not where her passion is. The second part is I was talking to one of the managers at that same location and they were talking about, you know, we have metrics, we measure things. And the thing is, do you think, you know, times have changed? Do we need to measure things differently? And the answer is, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do need to measure things differently because it's not the same business that we had a year ago. One of the pieces she was talking about, well, specifically about retention. You know, we we measure retention over a three-month span of time. Well, I said, if you look at the bottom of your sheet, there's actually a place for you to measure it over four months because from everything I've learned, people don't come within a three-month window anymore. Mm-hmm. It's right. longer. But here's the, here's the interesting part. I said, well, why do you think that's a problem? And she says, well, people go to Instagram it came here because they saw your picture. Next week, they're on Instagram. They see somebody else's picture, and they go there. And then they go see somebody else's picture, and they go there. So mm-hmm. we're client hopping. And are, are you, kind of, I mean, and that's why the client experience is so right. important. The two parts yeah. I want to bring up is, one, if your client is hopping, shame on you because you didn't build the rapport. Right. And Two, if we know the client is on Instagram and that's how they found you, then why aren't you saying when they walk in the door, show me your Instagram, show me the stuff you like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's right here in front of you. We know this is what's going to happen, yet we're afraid to take action. Show me your Pinterest board. Show me the things that you like, because instead of you going someplace else, hey, I like this picture on your Instagram. Let's do that next time instead of you finding someone that you think is going to do that for you. Does that make sense? Right. That makes total sense. Yeah. That that's what uh, the 
beauty of the consultations are for and what a lot of stylists rush through or some don't even right. do it. Their, their hands are in their hair. They're mixing a bowl of color. Okay, what do you want to do today, right? I mean, that's, right. whoa, jumping ahead of the game there. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing I always mention too, when I'm teaching stylists about how to have a perfect consultation mm -hmm. is to, is to uh, early on in the appointment, start to get them excited about the next appointment, right. not at the end of the appointment. Totally. Yeah. But you got to yeah. say like, you know, we're doing this today, which is going to be awesome. I have a great idea how we can even do something a little bit different next time. What do you think about this? Show some right. pictures, yeah. start to build that excitement for the next appointment. And if they're going to want it even sooner, you can get them mm -hmm. back, get them on the books. That way you're, you're just creating this, this wonderful emotional roller coaster for them. They're like, Oh, this is great. I'm already excited to come back. You mm -hmm. don't want to say like, we should have done it this time, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you say like, this is perfect for this. And once your hair it has this beautiful balayage look, mm -hmm. then we can, maybe next time add in some more dimension and it'll be a shorter appointment and this and that and, and yep. sell it. Yep. I think I was making some notes here. One thing that a lot of business owners and stylists in general don't do is promote themselves. We're afraid to promote ourselves. We don't have mm -hmm. confidence right. at first. And it's a big conundrum too, because confidence comes from success until you have mm -hmm. success in what you're doing. You don't really have that confidence. I didn't have it at first when I was even starting to teach. I wanted to have it and you kind of just jump into it. You learn as you go through experience and yeah, you do fake it till you make it a little bit, but mm -hmm. you got to learn fast if you're putting yourself out there. So if you are going right. to fake it till you make it, make sure you learn really freaking fast to mm -hmm. get there. Uh, and then, um, then you start to promote yourself with confidence and you, the more you promote yourself, the more success you have, the mm -hmm. more confidence you're going to have, but you need to start promoting yourself like you would if some of your friends said, Hey, what's your favorite restaurant? You're like, Oh my God, you got to check out this restaurant. It is right down the street here. They yep. have the best thing. Sit at this table, ask for this waiter. Boom. Yep. Yep. Oh, you do hair. Yeah, I do hair. It's, yeah. You know, right, right, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right. How's you your ball? Your you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. You can look at my Instagram. Like, yeah. No, yeah. you got to sell yourself. If you believe in yourself, then mm -hmm. sell it. Be like, Oh, my balayage. What I could do to your hair is this. And you talk about what you could do for that right. particular yeah. person. You know, you, I always say you got to walk up to people on the street to start building this confidence. You got to say, I love your hair. I would love to have you in my chair. Here's my card. If you're interested, right. give me a call. Have yeah. a great day. Yeah. You know, um, I want to, I want to circle back to the yeah. beginning of this conversation. If I could, mm -hmm. there's a mindset that comes with all of that. I'm afraid to, um, promote myself. I'm afraid to build rapport because I'm uncomfortable. I'm afraid to even have a consultation because, you know, there's the, uh, there's that imposter syndrome where if they ask too many questions, it's going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. Talk around, talk about the mindset of that, because that's kind of where we started this conversation, right. right? I think it's just about courage. You have to have courage. You have to, to transform that energy of the fear into a positive emotion because fear and courage are the same they're fed from the same emotional source mm -hmm. but are you going to are you going to look at it in a positive way something you're going to overcome or are you going to look at something that's going to defeat you there's a great quote that i i saw a long time ago decades ago where it says courage is fear that has been tamed and i don't know whoever said that but it's love it i've used that to drive me too it's like if i'm really afraid of something but i really want to do it i'm going to just i'm going to do it i don't care i'm going to just i'm going to you know, uh, mistake it till I make it. One of my friends says, <laughs> I don't know who it, I forget her name, but she wrote the book about mindset. Um, Carol's oh, mindset. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's got uh, some stuff online and she, and, and it, I don't know if it's the same person. And I may be compiling two people together that I shouldn't. Um, but her premise right now is whatever thought you have act on it within the next five seconds, <laughs> because it's six seconds. You've talked yourself out of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I love that for the people that are still working on their courage, right? Uh-huh. They're still working on that mindset. Because I've you know, thought of a couple of things in the last couple of weeks since I read that. And it was like, yeah, I let six seconds go by. I, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't take action right. on it. And, and that, I could love- be everything, that could be everything from like going to walking up to a potential client to right. the dating world. I really right. want to talk to that person. I'm going to go talk yep. to that person. Yeah. Hey. Right. Yeah, that's a great book, Carol Dweck. Yeah, I, I've read that. I have that book, and it, it it's it's actually great, um, dude. I'm looking at the time. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna have. To, I mean, this is like, I, first of all, I'm we're watching, gonna need another podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'd I'm, love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching John's face, and I, look, Ryan, I'm gonna tell you this. He doesn't get this excited in every conversation. I'm going to tell you that right now. It was just, it was the food. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you said, <laughs> if, you said, if you said there was food or perhaps limoncello, I think could you know, get you pretty I juicy. I bottled my limoncello yesterday. Oh, did you? So good. It's uh-huh. the best batch I've made yet. Wow. You know what we should wow. do? Wow. I would love some of that limoncello. That's you one thing what? I love from Italy. What we're going to need to do, I don't know if we can do this. We're going to have to have a review contest and our, our 200th review gets a bottle of limoncello. Oh, beautiful. How's that? What about Ryan? <laughs> Ryan out totally. I've only got two bottles left because I already gave you a <laughs> So once for me, once for the contest winner. Hey, Ryan, I'll tell you this, Ryan. I'm making yeah. another batch this weekend. Yeah. I will send you a bottle. That would be incredible. And I will drink it and we could do we could do it on air together. It could be a limoncello yeah, interview. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Um you powered know, by it, limoncello. Yeah, amen. Right. It's usually Red Bull. I'm gonna have to sit that one out, but it's usually Red Bull, and uh, and you know we could do the same. Um, Man, you know, uh, for I want to state the obvious here real real fast that we just you know had an hour long or more conversation with Ryan, and we never even talked about hair color, and and, and, which which definitely makes me know. Yeah, we have to we have to do this again, Hmm. but um, you know, but there's just so much around the fact that what you said in the beginning around, and now I'm going to paraphrase something I thought I heard, which is like, look, we all get the technical abilities, but around the permission piece, when you were like, you know, I wanted to do this, you know, and, and as John just kind of shared and circled us back around the mindset piece, you know, making that decision and putting your step, you know, your foot forward and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I, I think it's just awesome. John, there's just so many things I'm loving about this conversation. I, I know you've got a ton in there. Um, what, what are you pulling away from this? You know, I was excited to have your podcast today. You know, I was like, okay, we're going to interview the guy from the masters of balayage. That's great. We're going to talk about hair. It's good. It's what we do for a living. Right. <laughs> um, and then I went to your Instagram feed and I was like, wait a minute, there's so much more here. And I think that that's what I want to underline, that as an industry, there's so much more to what we do than just hair. And, mm-hmm. and I want to make something else real important. You know, our company is 30 years, years old this year. And one of the things that I, and Chris and I have talked about this, but I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'll speak for myself. One of the things I really want to do as a company is get back to the hair part, right? I really want to get, because after 30 years, it's like, okay, I've done that haircut. Mm-hmm. I've done mm-hmm. that balayage. I've done that foil. You know, as creative artists, we need to kind of find a way to get back to the hair. And so I want to put that as a, a frontline item for 2021. Having said that, there's also this, the personal development part that you're sharing. And obviously you've kind of come along the same journey. I, I got the hair part down. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what? What's this personal journey? What's this Tony Robinson stuff? You know, what's this Mr. Bouchard stuff with Carol you know, Dweck? You know, all of this stuff leads to make us not only better hairstylists, but better people. Mm-hmm. And 
to not overemphasize it. I think that's one of the reasons we joined this industry is because one, Chris and I always say, hairdressing saves people's lives, right? So I wanna be better as a human. But one of the joys of being a hairdresser is you get to help somebody else feel better as a human. Um, and, and so this this personal development part, I just think is is so much an important part of our journey. And I'm glad that you're one of those people you know, sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, ditto everything you just said and, and, you know, add more to it. I mean, it's just uh, been an enlightening conversation. Uh, Ryan, uh, knowing that, first of all, uh, I, it, it feels kind of obvious. You're really easy to find on, on, uh, in the world on Google, that's for sure. But uh, if for those people that haven't heard of you before or want to want to find out more, want to connect, what are the best uh, ways to get a hold of you? Best ways to get a hold of me would be Instagram. Send me a DM if you liked the episode or screenshot it. That'd be cool. Tag all of us. That'd be great. At Ryan.Weeden is where you find me. At Ryan.Weeden. That's like weed and Ian. <laughs> I always say that like California, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on my website at RyanWeeden.com. And if you go there too, if you're a hairstylist that's looking to grow your business, I've got a few giveaways on there too, freebies, one being a digital copy of my book, how to make six figures in a salon suite. Also how to have a great consultation and another freebie, which is all about targeting your ideal client. So that's all free. You can learn about my podcast too, which is the hairpreneur show. You can listen to episodes straight from there or go to iTunes or Spotify or a number of other places to listen as well. Yeah. That's awesome. And we'll have all of those links down below. So just uh, with a flick of a thumb, you can uh, take go to all the places that Ryan just mentioned. Ryan, knowing that we've got uh, people from 18 to 80 that are listening, <laughs> anything you think we left uh, on the table or any um, words that you just want to leave us with? A couple of things real quickly that for somebody that is has a burning desire to push themselves into their own unknown, something that they want to do, whether it's educating, whether it's growing their business to get more clients, something that's outside of their comfort zone, I'll, I'll, and they're waiting for the right moment to jump into that. I'm going to just say this, you're never ready. You will never, ever, ever be ready. You'll never have that perfect day to start. So just start now and go all in, whether it's, whether it's you spend all day on it, or you just take five minutes a day pushing toward that big goal, that big project, and your dreams should scare you. And you'll be amazed too that you will actually start to see your dreams come to life. And what was even shocking to me was that I've looked back and I said, wow, I've actually made some of my dreams come true. And then unconsciously, I've redirected those dreams. I've shaped them. I've grown them into even bigger dreams. So, but you got to get started. The last piece of advice is done is better than perfect. Just get going. Your brand message is never going to be perfect. Your business model is never going to be perfect. But just get started and you're going to learn along the way. I learned that with a lot of things, a lot of projects that I've done and companies that I've started, one being the online training that I have, balayageonline.com, where I didn't have any experience with online training. It's something I always wanted to jump into, but I knew that my website was never going to be perfect. I wasn't going to have enough videos on there at first, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to release it on this particular day regardless of what's on there. And I'm just going to learn from what people say, the, the first adapters of it, adopters of it, and tweak it as I go. And it's just, it's never perfect. 
It's never going to be perfect, but just get started because you're going to start to get that money coming in and you'll have more resources to push toward it. And that's the, probably some of the biggest advice I could ever give. Just get started. Awesome. That's that. awesome. Love this conversation. Thank you again, Ryan Whedon. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in. And I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap, I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews, you know you want to do it, you know you love this podcast, share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets his wings. Did you know that? Yeah, and while that angel's getting his wings, it helps us move up, um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in hours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye.